Hello, and welcome to another episode of Galkada Art House, an irreverent and uninformed podcast about parallel cinema of Bengal. My name is Pramit Chowdhury. And my name is Ayelet Khaimz and Lushko. You do know that our tagline is, uh, I mean, irreverent and uninformed look at the parallel cinema of Bengal life and everything in between. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want, you know. But they're gonna get life and they're gonna get everything in between. Everything in between. Yeah. So we should start with another technical apology, which is we are in a still yet different location today, uh, which will remain top secret for the duration. But the house next door is under construction. So if you hear any beeps, that is why. And also Austin is in the middle of an unseasonal heat wave. Um, so the AC is on. Um, and so that is the uh, soothing white noise in the background. So if Colin hasn't been able to edit that out with his secret voodoo magic... Um, then you can also use this podcast to fall asleep. Yes. Or to put your babies to sleep. Yes. Which, which uh, What nobler cause can there be And they might anything? learn something as they fall asleep. They might. A little bit like the story of Obimonu, which occurs in this film. That was a, a segue. Slick, I know. For I the ages. Do that professionally. For the ages. We don't need to start there, but you know, uh, well, we it's should, a pretty minor point. We yeah. should perhaps tell tell the good people, um, the people of the pod, uh, what what movie we're talking about, and yep. we assure them that we have a biscuit, a salacious biscuit, a salacious biscuit. Uh, yeah. For this almost salacious movie, we're on a kind of salacious, the st- salacious streak. Uh, what happened? Oh, uh, was the last one? Um, I guess there were there were there was there were there, was there, were, there were racist innuendos <laughs> yeah. made yes um, about about and then, Edith and yeah. then then there was Gita in Megadakatara oh yes yes um, and, so, now, um, and now and now in this one there is a salacious not biscuit. not real infidelity yeah. but but a samosa <laughs> there is a samosa I you know that that was a highlight of the film we yes. were very excited when we saw the samosa yes. Um, as, as was, um, uh, the character played by Shomitra Chatterjee. Yes, uh, the return of Apu. Yes. Um, at his most, well, because he, he is basically playing a very similar character. He is playing a, (laughs) our listeners are like a kind of Easty idealist. (laughs) Yes, Yes. indeed. (laughs) He's, He's been typecast. Has, um, to date, yes, he you know later he's gonna play a villain. I don't know in one of the movies that we're gonna watch, but he plays a kind of, of, of yeah. I know of, of, it is an unusual role for him, but he does play one, like a, a real villain of, or a... uh, yeah. But uh, yes, m- more on that later. So I'm I'm intrigued now. Well, I just need to check if that's one of the movies we're watching, but I can't, okay. I can't remember. Mm. And we might we might have to add that to the yeah the, maybe, the maybe playlist we, yeah. the, the set list yeah. Um, okay, so the movie we're watching today is one that I have personally uh, looked forward to for no good reason, since I've never watched any of these before, um, and it's called Charulata, yeah. and it's based on a Tagore uh, novel called The Bro- Broken Nest. And the reason I have been looking forward to it, A, is because Charulata is a fun word to say, but also because uh, Pramit's dad apparently reviewed it for a, a secret Bengali Publication I he in remembers the 60s. it as one of two, I think, venues, and I can't remember. I, I think maybe he remembers a specific venue. So he doesn't remember a specific venue, and you don't remember which non-specific venue. I don't know about Patrika, but I, actually, I don't remember whether it was that. That is that is actually relevant to to today's movie because right one of the the subplots of Charlotta is the publishing industry and and competition between various publications right and maintaining your standards yes and not being like Rupert Murdoch 
Well, although the lesson of the movie is probably like, if you want to succeed, be more like Rupert. Yeah, but that would be the wrong message to take. Bad, bad, bad. Anyway, so uh, let's try and summarize it in in like less detail than we did last time. So how about like a, a elevator pitch version? Love triangle. Well, almost love triangle. I mean, you a know, platonic a platonic love triangle. love triangle, theft, and uh, the, the the recognition of a a, a woman's talent at writing and and, and also. The, a recognition that she has been inhibit, inhibited in more ways than one yes. at home. Um, that I'm is still, what this movie is about. I'm still hung up on the love triangle because one of the sides of the triangle, mm. right, is not platonic. Well, I mean, it's husband and wife. Yeah. And then... Although, you know, it's not platonic, but I think it is made to seem... Right, it's distant. It's more distant than it should be. So there's... The, the iconic scene at the beginning, we're going to talk about the iconic scenes because you have to. Um, the iconic scene at the beginning is of, right, Charo looking through her binoculars, or as Alice says, binoculars. Binoculars. Uh, looking through her binoculars at the world outside, and you immediately are placed in this, it's set in the 19th century. So you're placed in this world of, you know, an educated aristocracy, uh, wealthy individuals at any rate, um, living in a pretty luxurious house. We're going to get to the luxury. Surely. And she looks through these binoculars at the outside world because she isn't really interfacing with the outside world. She is a traditional woman, or at least presented as such, on the inside of the house and kind of restricted to the inside of the house. But her husband walks past her some minutes into the scene and she actually raises her binoculars to look at him. And it does seem to signify that really he is as much distant from her as the outside world Hmm. is. So they're not, they're not, not close in the sense that she's not antipathetic towards him. She's not itching to, you know, hook up with uh, the dashing uh, Sean's Rich Allergy. But yeah, there there is a there is a distance there. Mm. And it's kind of a it's an it's a respectful distance and it's very hierarchical. So her husband is the publisher of a newspaper called The Sentinel and it is a political newspaper. Yes. Going on in the ferment of a nationalist, a burgeoning yeah, so nationalist this is, movement. This is still during the Raj and the Bengal Renaissance. Yeah. And, and actually one of the books she pulls down from the shelf in that scene is a famous work by kind of a, a, a founder. I mean, not the, not the first author in Bengali, but one of the kind of uh, founding figures of the Bengali Renaissance literature called Bunkim Chandra. So he... And actually the book that she is reading is about uh, a girl who is brought up in a forest by a, a kind of a slightly wicked figure. Um, and so she is walled off from society. So there is a bit of life and art imitating each other there. Meta. Meta. Very yeah. meta. So that's one kind of side of the triangle. And then the other one is Charolata and Apu, who's not technically... This is Omol. But Omol is... He, he is very like Apu. Except jollier. He's, he's, well, I mean, he hasn't lost his mother, his father, his sister. So yes, he yeah. is, he has much reason to be jolly in yes. comparison to Apple, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that, that particular pas de deux in a bit. But then the third side would mean, you know. Well, I, it's not really, a, it's a, <laughs> I can, I can, yes, it's not so much a triangle in that sense, yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, a tripod. Well, the, well but the, the, there, there is a kind of, yeah, so there is an interesting, it's like two triangles next to each other, right? Because 
There's all three triangles. I don't know. So um, there is another. So there there is another couple in this household, and this is Charu's brother and his wife. And uh, you now have this kind of complicated situation where the brother seems to be financially dependent on. Uh, Jaru's husband, who has given him a job as a manager of the newspaper. And mm, let's say that um, his name is Umar So, And actually, he is called Umar at some point. So, you know, clearly I didn't completely hallucinate the abbreviation from the you know, previous movie. But anyway, so... It's um, a very incestuous world. The, the, because, obviously, um, Charu is played by... Mazumi Mokiji, yeah. yeah. Who was in... Um, uh, the big city. Who's in Mohanabar, yeah. Uh, which, if, if Colin did his work correctly, is, is the episode just before this one. <laughs> so, and she's, she's fabulous. She is, uh, uh, very much, uh, um. She's great, yeah. Yeah. She, she has, um. I have come we, to we... appreciate her more, cause I kind of, I have a deeper familiarity, I think, with Sharma Tagore's work. And I have seen these films. I've seen this film before. I had not seen Mohanabar before, but, she is, yeah. I mean, she's every bit. She as good. she has a, a Grace Kelly thing uh, yeah. going on, and we we did talk about. So we're going on a on a tangent here, but we did talk about how this movie just feels more Hollywood, yeah, glam. So it it does it does have a very different feel, uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's a small. So he's it's a like, closed world. He's almost ten years into making movies. Mm. He's made quite a lot by now. Also, this we watched. You know, Criterion uh, redone version, so it looks great. So all of the films that Criterion's redone, or or, or other, I mean, I think um, some other organization redid one of the films. But anyway, the 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 remastered versions or whatever, they they, they look really good. Yeah, but it it is it is obviously the work of a more experienced cinematographer and also one who has a budget. That exceeds pocket change, right? In Butter Punchily, you can see that they're, they're right. doing it on a shoestring. Yeah. Whereas this is is much more confident and clearly hired cameramen who knew what they were doing. Well, so he had a great cinematographer. It's the same. I sure was with the same cinematographer who'd done great work. But I think, yeah, I think there probably is more of a budget and just just more confidence in some of the shots that seem very striking. So cameras panning. Just moving horizontally from one figure to another, it, it, you know that that's a particular striking shot when it moves from focusing on Charu and then moves to focusing on Armel from one room to another. So yeah, and then there are the you know the iconic shots as well. So yeah, just there's a lot of luxury in this film, and the kind of the cinematography sort of reflects that. Which should we talk about the wallpaper? Which is nice. Yeah, let's talk about the, the wallpaper. I was going to say something else, but I, I have lost my, my train of thought, probably because I was distracted by the amazing wallpaper. Yeah. Well, we also have to come back to the triangles. Oh, yeah. Do we want to, do we want to finish off the triangles? So we've got. Because the wallpaper deserves its own. The, deserves our full attention. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so you have this brother and it's pretty clear from the beginning that the brother is kind of cynical about this whole enterprise. He's just doing this job because he has to, he has to live with this family, but he's, he's not really into any of this. And in, in, in one of the early scenes, the brother's just like, well, you know, if it's hard to sell the paper and you know, make it a kind of money-making concern, then, you know, why don't you make it more like a paper that sells? And, you know, he's like, what, you mean have gossip and, you know... 
Comic uh, jokes, yeah. Um, it's clearly scandalized by this, just because he's this kind of idealist nationalist figure. And, uh, yeah. It is, it is set in, in a very small font. Uh, the, the newspaper. newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Which, it, you know, older newspapers do because paper is more expensive, yeah. but, but still, it, it, it's a commitment. Yeah, you kind of need a magnifying glass to read yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, so that's one side. And so Charu spends a lot of time with her sister-in-law. And the sister-in-law can't... It actually can't read that well. Yeah. Like, li- literally is, is kind of mostly illiterate. And just wants to play cards, but is kind of bored. Yeah. Um, but she seems pretty sweet. Like, she's not... Yeah, she's, 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 she's perfectly nice. And actually is very supportive of her somewhat sketchy husband. Well, her... So the, the Wikipedia article, which I, I glanced at, makes her out to be, like, a, a gauche kind of loud braiding character but she's she's not she's like yeah i didn't get that at all (laughs) yeah yeah, she's a perfectly nice person that charo clearly thinks is slightly beneath her a little bit because she's she's not just literate but literary yeah yeah um but but she seems like a a perfectly yeah i actually that's weird that the wikipedia entry was so yeah yeah, um because yeah she seems perfectly pleasant um, and, uh, so there are other types of kind of snobbishness and hierarchy, notably, so Omol is, uh, is Bupati's cousin, uh, and clearly Bupati feels it's his role to mature Omol, to bring him to maturation. Yes, because he had just graduated university. Yes. So he, he is graduated. Footloose and fancy free, and that must be stopped. stopped. <laughs> yes. We are not here to have so fun. So he is immediately, basically straight away, there's the threat of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Before, before he, before they start talking about marrying him off, right? The he says that he has to work for the the newspaper. He's a copy editor for the newspaper. Yeah, he has to yeah. do two hours of proofreading every day, and he teaches Charo literature. Yes. Although, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, and yeah, and then she immediately wants to marry him off, and then that idea catches on. And we'll talk about the marriage proposal. There, there's a decent offer. Yeah. Com- com- coming. Down the pipeline. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so Pupati is, you know, an idealist in comparison to his brother-in-law, who's just kind of more cynical and pragmatic and really kind of just, you know, just trying to get through this episode in his life. And um, the the signal, like, scene at the in this early stage when they're talking about whether the paper should, you know, go down a more like lowbrow route or you know maintain its kind of political um, noble character, uh, is that Pupati um, says. You know, I'm going to give you more responsibility. And actually, prior to that, right, he'd spoken to Charu about how if you give a man more responsibility, right, then they are able to fulfill themselves, yeah. right, and they're able to improve themselves. And it's very telling because, like, he can conceive of giving men responsibility if he can't conceive of giving a woman responsibilities. Yeah. Well, he says that you can't really know what a, a man is going to do until he is given responsibility. So right, and he's thinking only of men there. Yeah. Um, and so he gives the keys to the safe to his brother-in-law um and it, you know i think it's pretty clear where that's going yeah. um but actually it's interesting because keys are obviously a, a slightly loaded object we've been discussing sort of off mic um about saris before i can't remember if we sort of oh because you were into the mahanagar the sari the the arati was yes but so different places in india have different sari wearing styles right and I think, I'm not 100% sure, that a lot of women in Rise films wear it in the Bengali style, which involves sort of spinning it around your body. (laughs) 
So it's a more like circular, I guess, vibe. Artie in in the the big city wears it the the regular like the the pan pan Indian way. Right. But I think your mother told me this, so we'll take it with a grain of you know of salt because I might not remember correctly. But I think so. So you wrap the the sari around yourself as many times, and then you throw it over your shoulder. And in order to keep it there, right, you tie the house keys to the end of the the palu. Yeah, I didn't know whether it was to keep it there or whether that was kind of a subsidiary benefit. Of, yeah, of well... It. I mean, it's to keep them on you. It's not like you have pockets. Yes. And you can see, right, there's a scene where Charo's sitting on the bed and her husband comes in and he, like, he takes the key off her. Right. Off her sari. And then yeah. he, like, he gives them back to her and she puts them off to, to one side. But, right, the keys are a sort of loaded, right, household item, right? And it it is... The women who walk around. Yeah, because like for her, she's just like a repository for the keys. She's basically like a human keychain, right? Whereas for his brother-in-law, he is going to use the keys to do these, you know, manly activities like taking money in and out of a safe, which clearly no one else is capable of doing. And uh, it's right. This you're you're absolutely right because like at the end, right when a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, well, not right at the end, but very close to the end. He Bhuvathi starts to recognize that his his wife could have a role in the newspaper because, as it turns out, she's a great writer in Bengali. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's no keys involved in that, but you can see that she has now moved from just someone who has some keys attached to her to someone who could play a more meaningful role. And... Is a key to the reinvention. Aha! <laughs> um, but we should also say that, unlike in the big city, the men here are not... I mean, they're, they're patriarchal, but they're actually quite sweet and supportive of Shaurlata's literary aspirations. And I mean, they're, they're condescending, but it's not. To be fair, a... he's condescending to Amal as, as his cousin as well. Cause he, he basically finds literary pursuits, but he finds literary pursuits to be frivolous. Yes. Shout out to James McIntosh, who is not going to listen to this as a point of principle, but will be delighted to know that tale is The in great art is represented the view that art is for children and women i think i think james would be fully <laughs> concurrent with that view <laughs> yes. he's, and he's, boy will he be surprised yes. when his brother-in-law makes out with the safe <laughs> i mean there's a lesson in there right because bubadi's you know his pragmatism consists in saying oh well literature is just it's not related to anything real that's his prejudice right literature is just kind of this self-contained right system that refers to itself that talks about the natural world but it doesn't have anything to really teach us it doesn't intervene in the world it doesn't change anything well there's this telling scene where he he talks to to amol and he says oh a friend of mine read this novel and couldn't sleep for three nights and he was saying to his friends, oh, you know, a, a healthy fellow like you needs seven hours of, of sleep, which is true. You do. You need at least 7.5 hours of, of sleep. Wisdom from ancient India. Um, so you need, you need this much sleep and you're letting a novel interfere with that. And it's, it's clearly the response of someone who, who hasn't ever read a novel and hasn't, right, been uplifted. Right. right. I don't know if he means this guy stayed up three nights to, to finish the novel, but, I think he's just disturbed, or, yeah, he's just or, excited. But who who amongst know? us has not stayed up late to finish a really good book or kind of had, you know, a, a, a scene from a book just sort of stay with them forever and ever? Or has just seen Fire Saga 
the uh, film about the revisions on Mondust and is so stimulated by this work of genius that they have trouble sleeping. Get back in there right now and play Ya Ya Ding Dong! Yes, that was uh, that was a good segue. Well, we don't have to segue. I'm just, you know, we are going to bring it up yes. again. Great I was I was making an earnest point about no, the novel I, and I you agree. are just sullying it with Will Ferrell. Sullying? I, I'm not being Elevating. sarcastic. I think it's a very good movie. I think no, the critics are wrong. No, I mean, I think a mark of a good movie is that the, <laughs> the critics are wrong. But um, my point is that, like, you know, he he very much does not understand literature because he hasn't experienced it. Right. And he... It is a bit like, oh, you know, I've read the summary and I don't. Yeah. Right? Because like, later I, it turns I go, out... I, did, I, I go Blinkist and I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, because he says later on in that same scene where, he, thanks to Charu, he, he conceives the idea that, or, well, it's really her idea, right? But he kind of is excited by the prospect of her working on the newspaper. But in that same scene, he basically says, yeah, I don't understand any other literature other than yours. I only understand yours. Which is kind of a burn, right? Like... Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Was she she expected to be like, oh yeah, that's that's great. My literature is so amazing that even a you know a total part, philistine yeah, like, like <laughs> can get it. Or or is he like I don't know. I mean, he means well. He, he, means he, well. he, he does mean well. He means well. Um, anyway, should we talk about our newest obsession? Uh, well, so this has to do with the wallpaper. Yes. So okay. It's all of a piece. So context. Obviously, wallpaper right now is huge right it's like the last word in interior design and people do a lot of like jewel box like powder rooms and accent walls and like you can get all sorts of amazing wallpaper stuff i like higgin west so if they want to throw in a sponsorship we're here for that free roll of wallpaper I think we're going to need a few more rolls than that but you know i have a wall that i've, I've been planning on for a while but um I think most of us, you know, common folk, folk, still, generally speaking, live in a house with painted walls. We do. I'm now slightly disturbed that these walls are also yellow, and so is our house, which... The, these are quite yellow. Yeah, we're just these, a muted version. We're a muted version. Well, that's... Prime, however, grew up in a house with pink wallpaper. I chose I chose that wallpaper. Um, and, and your father put it up, and it, it is it is lovely, and he did it, it. stood the test of time. I chose wallpaper that is still up. You know, whatever, like 40 years later or something, or 30 years later. It is very much a, a wallpaper of its time. I was the person of my time. <laughs> a 10-year-old of my time. <laughs> you were 10 when you picked that? This wallpaper, I'm going to see if I can find, get, get a picture of this. This wallpaper screams old man. This wallpaper screams like a rocking chair and David Attenborough. Like I liked rocking chairs and David Attenborough when I was 10. You like rocking chairs? You don't like rocking chairs. I don't like them. I like them to kind of sit in and chat. I don't like them to, you know, like I wouldn't work sitting in one. Obviously. Yeah. But. Um, anyway, so. But the wallpaper I chose gives you, I mean, it, the wallpaper in this film is So none of else. this prepared us for the wallpaper in this film. Um, so after Charu, um, in that first iconic scene, kind of looks at the outside world and it's it's actually like she's looking through through shades and it's I'm gesticulating like as if to demonstrate this this motion which obviously nobody can see. Um <laughs> and she's looking through with her binoculars and then she she turns around and she walks into the 
whatever the study, the living room, the main room. Yeah. And and the camera pans out. And honestly, you are not ready for this. Nobody's ready for this. No. It's like you need to Google this now. You need to Google images. This I right mean, now. I I will try and post an image. I say that all the time, and then I don't actually. But you know, in 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 the fullness of time, it will take all as other long things as being, being equal. Yeah. <laughs> um, this wallpaper, obviously, it's not in color, which is a shame. I imagine it as like green velvet with gold, sort of flocking. I don't know what that it's pattern like gold, is. It's, it's not like, like a fleur de lis, but it's like it's like a paisley de lis. It's or, like acorns. I don't know, yeah. but they're just everywhere. It's like William Morris. They're like on crack. the ceiling. I think the rugs have the same yeah. pattern. The furniture has the same, same pattern. pattern. The, the vase. Yeah, like it's it's amazing, and it's like huge. It's it's huge, and it is uh, like. It's like the entire world has been taken over by this wallpaper. Yes, yeah. yes. It, it's kind of um, too stimulating for a single person. Yeah, I think maybe you, know, you think of the inside of, you know, the being in the home is boring and the outside world is full of life. But actually, it's the opposite. It's the, the outside world, thank God, is like muted and is a, is a relief from like the aesthetic intensity that is the inside of the home. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. I would be pretty stressed out living in that environment. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like there's it, just it's it's so relentless. It's full. On. It's yeah. cool. So we thought this wallpaper thing was unique, but then we had an odd week this week where we actually also watched a movie that was not um, a was black not... and white Bengali film, but also not Octonauts, not Octonauts, or Peter Cat, or Trolls. Yes. So we watched. A masterpiece. I, I can't even describe it. It's called Eurovision, the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. It is... It's a Will Ferrell movie. It's a Will Ferrell movie. And very much like the kind of thing Will Ferrell does. Yes. But it it is very affectionate about the Eurovision Song Contest. And we too are very... I love... Along with picking that wallpaper, I loved the Eurovision Song Contest. As you know, I had a little notebook and yes. my family and I would give marks to the yes. various... That is so on brand. Um, we watched it. I lost. I lost one of my milk teeth during a And I would always want to stay up late to see if we'd won, but uh, I always either fell asleep or was sent to bed, and we never won. So yeah, didn't you win like relatively recently, like we, Dana International? Yeah, so we won before I was born, and then Dana International, and, and now and now Neta. Yeah. Um, who's in this movie? Who's in this movie? Um, so various real Eurovision Song Contests contestants make cameos in this movie yes and it's it's pretty much capture it it you know it gets eurovision bank to rights it yeah you know it's totally except for the murders except for the there elf, are some murders the elf-based murders yeah. well no there's also the evil, yeah, banker, the evil banker who clearly yeah. you know um m- murdered demi lovato and, yeah. yeah well i mean i don't know i i don't know what shenanigans go on in in iceland or, you know, any of the small nations that regularly win Eurovision and they're oh, like, yeah. shit, we have to host this thing. We have to host this thing. So um, anyone who's who's watched it or lives in Europe knows that, right, there's this joke about how hosting it bankrupts the country. That's and it's not true. it's not actually a joke. It is actually... It's like you're being punished. You did so well. And yeah. then you have to host this thing the next year. Yeah. And so then, Ireland... And many the... a government has been like, no. Ireland was the it. classic case because they won it so many times in a row that it was well, causing real problems. Israel won it twice in a row and couldn't afford to host it again and so just 
ceded it to someone else. You didn't enter a puppy or something. No, oh. no. And so I'm surprised that other nations go to such lengths to avoid hosting it, where you can just be like, we're not hosting it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Not hold your wrists <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so the, 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 oh no, the governor of the Bank of Iceland, I don't know who he is, but like, and there's some, you know, there are some good gags about how, you know, basically they were responsible for bankrupting the nation, <laughs> um, through the, through the Icelandic banking scandal. Um, but yeah, so, the, so, so this guy is like, no, we can't possibly have someone good represent Iceland because then we might win and then we'd have to host it and yeah. that's going to be too expensive. Um, what you then don't expect is that he's implicitly responsible for, the deaths of the yeah. uh, all of the the pretty good Icelandic potential entrants who yeah. were who were competing in the national competition to get into uh, the Eurovision Song Contest, and so by default, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, uh, what's their band called? Fire, Fire Saga. Fire Saga. Uh, Fire Saga um, Lars and Secret, famous for their song Volcano Man. Uh, yes, uh, that's their entrance. No, well, no, no. Her, their entrance. Their entrance is double, double trouble. trouble. Um, I but don't famous, know. What? I don't know if that, that that's theirs. What is? Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Oh, you don't know if that's theirs. Oh, okay. You think it's like a classic Icelandic tune? I, I can't. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so they basically play in bars and they play one tune because the guy who owns the bar is just really, really angry about. And, and he just wants to he hear. He just that. wants to hear yeah, yeah, yeah ding, ding dong. dong. So no, we are done for tonight. You have to play it. Why do I have to play it? I already played it. I don't care. You have to play it again. Um, uh, so anyway, so this this you know notionally not very good band ends up being the Icelandic representative. Yes, which is that that bit is over the top even even for Eurovision because the murder. Know, yes. The, yeah. Well, because you know it it is you can kind of tell how well or badly a nation is doing based on their Eurovision entry, right? The the worse off the nation is, the better the, the Eurovision uh, entry. Except for the Scandinavians who are very committed to Eurovision. Well, they have ABBA. They have like a strong tradition. ABBA obviously features in this film as the yes. inspiration, the artistic inspiration yeah. for uh, Will Ferrell's character. But anyway, to come back to the point, before this becomes a, a Eurovision podcast. Well, I feel we have to do honour to this film because like yeah. it's not getting enough love from the critics. No, it is it is it is Oscar nominated. However For like original tune. For the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Because the real tragedy of Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, is that The greatest performance the has greatest, not been recognized by exactly, the Oscars. Yeah. Exactly. And this is where we come to the wallpaper. Yes. Uh because the wallpaper lives in <laughs> <laughs> in the aesthetic the clothes, the the mansion, the confidence, the confidence of of the one and only Alexander Laptop. Yes, who who is played by by cousin Matthew. That would be Dan Stevens. That would be Dan Stevens, who who basically uses this movie to say kill Matthew dead. Matthew is so dead. <laughs> well, apparently so dead. I then Wikipedia'd him, and he's apparently used numerous other vehicles for the killing of Matthew. He has slain Matthew. Yes. The ghost of Matthew is also dead. <laughs> but this performance is so incredible that I sort of want him to react his Downton Abbey scenes as Alexander Lemtov. Yeah, because Alexander Lemtov. The Lion of Love. Um, that's his song. That's his song. Um, is that wallpaper come to life? He is the, the embodiment, the, the wallpaper made flesh. And, and it is a thing of, of otherworldly beauty. It is. It is. Yeah. It is one of the great comic roles. Yes. Yes. With a, with a tragic. With a tra- Yeah, I a know. Tragic that's twist. what makes this such a good film. Yeah. But anyway. So, uh, maybe no spoilers for, for Fire Saga. 
Uh, Unlike for now. For now. now. Um, Um, But anyway, the thing that is, we're not speaking purely metaphorically. He wears this coat. Uh, and the coat is, you know, is the wallpaper. Is is the Technicolor dream coat? No, it is. It is. Uh, it is the wallpaper. But in black. Uh, but in bl- black and gold. Black and gold. Um, and that's what he wears to perform uh, his his song, "The Lion of Love." Lion. Um, so so you can you can you can see this. Yes. Uh, There's like a seven minute clip on YouTube of all of Dan Stevens' bits from the movie. You yes. can probably just watch that. Yes, it's it's. There's so many quotable bits from just those seven minutes yes, yes. i i, I think of... we wouldn't do it justice to no. you will end up quite once you've seen it you will end up quoting us yeah so i, I kind of feel at this point we should, we should take do the a, biscuit break. A, a quick break yeah let's do the biscuit uh, to recover to fan ourselves yeah um and then we'll be back with um our biscuit of the week and and maybe we'll even manage to to talk about the movie we are here to talk about as opposed to this other movie that we are not here to talk about <laughs> Uh, but is the, you know, I, 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 like, I bought the soundtrack. That's how good it was. Yeah. Um, and also, I will say that I, I, it was a particularly good timing because as, as long-time listeners of, of this podcast would know, our, our children have been in a deep trolls phase. Um, and we're going to do a, a deep, dark, a deep, dark dive into trolls in our, um, our secret podcast for, for, for our future Patreon supporters. But the thing about Trolls is that the music is actually quite good and it's very catchy. And so I have been playing it because, you know, it just gets stuck in my head. And I feel like a a, a twat just playing Trolls. <laughs> I mean, they're just pop tunes, right? It's just Justin Timberlake and whatever else is in the... Yeah, but, you like know... Cindy Lauper. S- yeah, but I'm playing the Trolls. You're playing the Trolls. And, okay, you know, right. it just, yeah. you know, you feel a bit like you shouldn't be doing that. Listen so, to the BBC World Service. Yeah. Um, and so Eurovision actually comes at a great time. So I bought the soundtrack and now I play, you know. The Line of Love. Yaya Ding Dong and, and Yaya the Line Ding, yeah. of Tell me, when will it be enough for you? It will never be enough. I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah. These are inspirational tunes. They are. And they, they will improve are, your day. They're supremely catchy and they will, they will bring a smile to, to your face. Like if, if you're not moved by this, then you are not. The listener I thought you were. <laughs> um, and on that note, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back with... A salacious biscuit. A salacious biscuit. Okay, and... Biscuit report. Biscuit report. Do-do-do-do. We're back. <laughs> um, biscuit report. Biscuit report. That, so to, 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 that, that's the, uh, the theme music to the Octonauts creature report. Yes. Those of you who haven't seen Octonauts, it's sure. a show in which a variety of creatures do good for the oceans and the ocean's wildlife. So, you know, they save fish stuck in nets and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, and, and it's a very environmental show. They focus on different creatures every time. And at the end of an episode, they, they have, have a, a creature report. And then at the end of the creature report they go go creature go creature but instead of creature they you know have the actual name of the you, creature. you also see an actual so it's a cartoon but in the creature report you see some footage of the real yeah animal we're very is. um digressive today it's almost as if we don't want to talk about this movie even though we actually i love it it's a great movie we thoroughly enjoyed it so, wait biscuit report biscuit report, biscuit report. okay you can, so, you can do biscuit um report. this biscuit is, uh, it's really, you're better prepare yourself for this. It can, belongs with the wallpaper. It's of the same order of this intensity. This biscuit 
Well, this biscuit would be um, the Alexander um, Lemtova biscuit. Well, but it's no uh, the Alexander Lemtova biscuit is a is a an alpha horn, an alpha horn, <laughs> no, chocolate, seventy um, percent dark yeah. chocolate. Coated but this alpha. might be the biscuit he serves his his guests. His guests, yeah. With, uh, so it is the dark, dark fantasy choco fills luxury. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of names for a biscuit. But that's because there's a lot going on. So it is a chocolate biscuit. It is a kind of a multi cookie on the outside mm. with a liquidy chocolate filling. Yes. That would be the Not choco fill. Like a liquidy. It's really liquid. It's kind of surprising mm. how liquid it is. What this biscuit reminds me the most is almost like hot cocoa powder that has been, you know, before it becomes hot cocoa, right? Like, like oh, like yeah. That's exactly that, like, right. Thick yeah. Yeah. Stage. Anyway, we, we've had several of these biscuits. I don't know why it says ITC on it, which I thought stood for Imperial Tobacco Company. I mean, maybe they've diversified more broad. I know they do hotels and things. I didn't know they did biscuits, but maybe that's a different, I don't know. Anyway, so, uh, it is, it, it is a decadent biscuit. Yeah. Um, you get, you get six in the box and they come individually wrapped, which is unusual for an Indian biscuit. Yeah. So we got this from the Indian shop. Deshi Brothers, Brothers, shout out, shout out to you. And you get all these great biscuits that you wouldn't get from a regular supermarket. And yeah, it is, uh, you know, dark fantasy. It is suggestive of the racy content of, of Charulata, <laughs> which is, um, which is about, right, Charu's increasing love for, uh, Omel. Um, because they share. So Omel's the biscuit in, in this. So I mean, yeah, I think so. Okay. Wait, before we before we we move, he's to... the better looking of the two guys. I mean, I, you know, I mean, he's, he would be the biscuit. You, what what you go for? It depends if you go for like political bearded man. Her husband has a, a Fidel Castro vibe. Yeah, short but much shorter. Yeah, yeah. And and almost it's it's really tall. I didn't realize. Yeah, from the challenge was 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 quite tall. Uh, but anyway, before before we, we get to that, uh, how would we rank this biscuit? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty fantastic biscuit, actually. I'd be up there. I, I, I wouldn't mind being a regular consumer of this biscuit. Okay, so out of ten... Oh, uh, um, an eight and a half. An eight and a half. Gosh, yeah. you're a harsh, <laughs> harsh critic. <laughs> uh, biscuits. Okay, fair, fair. Um, okay, so there you go. The uh, why is it again? Dark fantasy. Dark fantasy. Choco feels luxury. It's like they couldn't decide. It's like at a meeting, they just Let's they didn't just have a throw... good voting system, and they were all just like, "Let's yeah." Yeah, but it's also very sort of telling of of the Indian mentality that this is like the height of luxury, right? Whereas we all know from previous installments of Biscuit Report. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that they're more decadent. Well, but I mean, it's a biscuit, right? I mean, it's not exactly a Roshigola. So I think as biscuits go, this is pretty luxurious. But like compared to a Roshigola, I mean, okay. I'm more partial to a biscuit, but... I'm partial to all of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh... so their relationship is... So, you know, it starts off in, in Bhupati's assumption as hierarchical because everything is. So, you know, sure, Omel is frivolous and a student and has not yet come into the world of politics and manhood, but he will uh, teach, he'll use this frivolous, dilettantish skill that he has to teach Charu about literature, since she has this passing interest in literature that her husband does not understand and does not, has no sympathy with. But um, wants to support. But wants to support in his kind of patronising way. And so, Omol... Is he a figure for, like, the colonizer? Who is, like, bringing up the natives and, like... 
Well, he's very imitative, right? It's this, it's this idea of being imitative of the British, right? Yes. And, and there is this long-standing debate between, right, Tagore and Gandhi over the status of English and British education, and it gets pretty heated. And Rai is very much of the Tagore camp. I mean, I was actually reading an article about how we overread Tagore. Wait, which is Rai. the which is the Tagore camp for for those of us who haven't you know? So it's delved more. It, so so uh, Tagore is m- more sympathetic to British English learning, not as a kind of a, a, a you know he, he's not less nationalistic for it, but that he he sees figures who have had a lot of British learning as made more positive because of that learning. So Raja Ramon Rai, the figure that's cited in this, um, and they're also being all right, cited in this film is what is a classic example. But Gandhi felt that they were too enthralled to their British education. So they had been they had been kind of like colonized from within, right? So there is that like really interesting debate which I think gets flattened out today. And not amongst people I think who like are really into this stuff, but I think for a lot of people it is a little bit kind of, you know, either or. Um, they should read CLR Jane. They should read CLR. Um, they'd learn a lot about cricket as well. Yes. Um, so um, that would be CLR James beyond the boundary. But if you wanted the the black Jacobines, then that that would be fine too. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Pupati is you know he's the nationalist figure who. Yes, he, he, he dreams about going to Europe. He's like, I, I never got to go. This is where the marriage comes in, right? Well, he doesn't just want to go to Europe. He wants to go to Parliament and like he, uh, listen, listen, the, listen to Gladstone you know, live. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, is an ambition. <laughs> when he wanted to be a barrister, but, you know, he, he, he didn't get to do this. So he wants it for Omel. He's just like, and there's that great scene where he's just like, so this, this, uh, this guy from Bordeman wants to, wants his daughter to be married off and he's he's looking at Omel as a prospect and he has you know <laughs> he has a sweet plan to send his future son-in-law to England to London to train as a barrister and then you could also travel to to, to Europe and there's a great moment where where uh, Omel says the Isles of Greece to you know quote Byron and obviously this is completely lost on Pupati who just thinks he's literally talking about Greece so he just starts naming other Mediterranean countries <laughs> isn't that wasn't Byron pro-Greek independence yeah. right yeah um, so there is this like way in which Pupati just can't conceive of literature having any connection to independence but that's that's the whole point, right? He's naive to think yeah. that. And a lot of these figures who were involved in the independence movement were themselves literary figures, Tagoram, right? Famously. Yeah. Well, so you were talking about how he wants to be British. So th- when he when he tries to like get Omol excited, um, he's like, right? He, he it's like this ecrastic, right, scene setting. Which, since we talked about the love triangle, is actually a bit like. Right, it's a male gaze directed at them, like another man. But he's like, yeah. it's, imagine the scene. There you are. It's London. It's snowing, and you're you're walking down the street. Yeah, in your <laughs> in your coat and gloves. In your coat, and it's not just in your coat and gloves. He's like, your coat is on your shoulders, and your hands are in gloves, yeah. and you're wearing a hat, and you're wearing like, and he goes through like the whole. Um, Which is fan- it's his whole dark fantasy chocolate fills luxury, yeah. right? Like, um, and it's very like you know kind of, you know, armor wearing kind of thing. Um, and then he's like, I put on my Britishness. Yes. Yeah. And then he's like, and there you are, a young Bengal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's very like, 
right? He he's like he he imagined himself qua amo as the embodiment of like a young Bengali man, and of course, what he's actually imagining is is a it's white British a, guy. a white British guy, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, on, on who does way. the grand tour, right? Yeah, but it's like it's a grand tour without any awareness of like culture, right? Yeah. It's purely formulaic. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's exactly right. And he do, he cultivates the style of someone where he has that expensive cane. Yeah. Um, and it does, it does feel a little, and there were, there were satirical portraits of like, you know, Bengali babus where they, they, the, the portraits were kind of mocking their anglicized pretensions. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, you know, it's very, um, sort of, I guess, yeah, like he's very sort of colonized from within despite the fact that he's like avidly nationalist yeah resisting well and that kind of makes it ironic that at the end Charo says well let's start a new newspaper where the the Baltic section will be in English which Uh, which it had been yeah in the Sentinel um but the rest will be in Bengali and so it's this like compromise position but but not not really but yeah, he's very he's very British, and and he he's so you know British that he he follows closely the the elections in, in yeah they're in root, the UK. they're rooting for the it's like the Eurovision Song Contest they're they're, root, they're rooting for Gladstone and the uh, yeah the Liberals. who's running against Dizzy uh, which was news to me and and I asked you who who Dizzy was and it's Disraeli. Yeah. Who's standing for the Tories? And there's like a dig at the Tories. Like the Tories have never done anything good for us, right? The Tories are just well. Tory bashing is is always. I I come by it honestly. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, is always an option. Uh, Disraeli, of course, is the the one almost Jewish prime minister that the the UK has ever had. Yeah. Well, I think that anyone has ever had outside of. Oh, yeah. right. I I'd never thought of that. But you're probably right. I mean, yeah. we came so close with Joe Lieberman, but. Yeah, probably everyone dodged a bullet there. But of course, now um, we have Doug Emhoff, so we're we're oh we're, yeah, we're pretty, no, we're good. We're, we're yeah, we're good. Uh, well, no, we're not good, <laughs> but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> getting there. So yeah, so it's it's a pretty um, invested um, relationship that he has with with the motherland. Yeah, um, and he's. Well, but he seems to not understand what it is that... I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, his his idealism is very flat, right? It's very prosaic. Well, he's only very... really interested in politics, right? He he thinks that politics is the only thing that sort of makes a difference. And it's right. very well-intentioned, because he thinks, right, you know, policy affects real people's lives. Right. But as a consequence, he doesn't understand real people's lives. Yes. And... You know, he, he suffers on multiple grounds, so he is unable to understand his brother-in-law, who is a shady character, but, like, is obviously shady, yeah. and he doesn't get it. He is unable to understand his wife. To some extent, he's, he's unable to understand his cousin as well. Yeah. And so while he he is kind of doing his, his thing, right, um, in politics... And his brother-in-law is doing all sorts of um, economic shenanigans. Charo and Amal are in this like idyllic pastor, pastoral like yeah, courthouse where she's like on a swing and he's like lying there fluting. We already did the flute in this last did, time, did but the- suffice to say, they all apply again. Yes, yes. Alexander Lemtov would would approve. Would approve exactly. Um, yeah, and. 
she makes him a notebook and then he writes it's it's very like well then the, and you know, he is he wants to be Jane published Austen. in a literary journal and he is published in a literary journal and he's he's delighted by this um but actually she's uh Charles so kind of emotionally invested and also you know she she is falling in love with him so she she, her, her competitive hackles are raised, right? And she, she herself then submits in a kind of moment of frenzy and inspiration. She writes this story on her village, um, which he told her. Well, so he had merely given her the kind of this. He was, she was just like, well, what would I write on? And yeah. he was just like, why don't you write on your village? Which is standard writing advice, right? Right, right, right. Well, you know, know, yeah. But he, when she eventually gets published, couldn't conceive that what she would do would be so great. So it isn't yeah. just some, like, you know, interesting, realist description. Of we don't actually know what it is. But whatever it is seems to capture her own pretty deep reading, since she's, she's read a lot. But also all of these kinds of pent-up emotions and her observations. Yeah. And we get a kind of dream sequence as she sits down to write where she imagines all of these facets of of Indian culture. And so you're, you're, I mean, the, the implication is that even though she writes about her village, the sources of inspiration, right, it's like its reference, its range of reference is very wide. Right. I mean, it is uh, a synecdoche. Exactly. <laughs> it is a synecdoche, yes. Um, which is, as as we all remember... When a part represents a whole. By association. Yes. Um, and, yeah, and if you don't remember that, you should go back to our Upper Shanchar episode where you can learn all sorts of fascinating things about literature. Wait, was it Upper Shanchar? I think it's in the Opera episode. It's in the Opera yeah. Um Which needs some love, so... So, so go, go and check that out. But, um, and then there's this sweet moment where her husband obviously has no idea that any of this is going on. And then all of his friends, they, they see her poem in, in the paper and they kind of, they make fun of him, um, for they not think knowing he, about well, it. They but think they, he's lying. They think it's great. Yeah. And they, they admire him even more for having, a wife who writes so well and who who got published. And he's obviously smarting a bit that she didn't tell him, but he also clearly doesn't get why everybody's like so excited about a poem. So he 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 like he gets I don't know, a glimpse into her world, but he doesn't really Yeah, that's what ultimately leads to this idea of the newspaper being of two sorts yeah. right bilingual right two different audiences and things that it covers right which is meant to be a kind of a positive version of the paper that the brother-in-law that umabuddha had imagined which was just going to sell better right so instead of going the daily mail route it becomes the guardian some... yeah i don't know what the equivalent is for like a bilingual newspaper that addresses different audiences from languages i mean i don't, I don't know that there is like a, yeah. that is a real thing right it's more like a it, that too is a kind of synecdoche, right, yeah. for the society that you know, I guess Tagore and, and, and Rai are, are imagining. But that's not the end of the film. I mean, that's the thing. Like that would—that's a moment of optimism. But then Charu, this so so uh, in in the lead up to all of this. Wait, we should we should talk about the the betrayal, which is not oh, yes. particularly interesting in and of itself. But um, what happens is that Charu's brother basically embezzles. Quite a lot of money. Quite a lot of money. 
and like two and a half thousand rupees. Yeah, and then um, makes a break for it, and and he and his wife sort of disappear. And this, um, he says, he becomes this weirdly almost sympathetic character where he acknowledges his own like his own faults. But he's like, I'm going to do this anyway. Like, this right. is just what I need to do. Right? I need to thieve this money so that I can, like, establish my own freedom and, and independence. And he just embroils his wife in it and says, you know, can you, can you lie for me? Um, and his wife is kind of nice and naive and supportive and kind of understands that he's going to do something bad. And then he's just like, look, are you just back me up. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'll do the lying. Um, and so she agrees. And then he takes the money from the safe while this kind of celebration is going on of the liberals victory. And the, the, they're, they're congratulating Bhupati on his wife's publication. While this is all going on, he nabs the money, gets his wife to pack. And then he says, to, he says to Bhupati, right, says to Chari, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to go. I've saved the money. Here's the money that I owe you. Um, hands us some money and then they go off. Yeah. And then it turns out that, you know, he he hasn't, he hadn't paid the bills, right? He, he paid some bills and then pocketed the rest. And then he, you know, so, so he... So the paper goes under. Yeah, the paper goes under. And it doesn't seem like they are in particularly difficult financial straits as a result. No. He just can't run the paper. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of left a little unclear, yeah. but they're not destitute. Yeah. But it it is a super awkward moment because it's it's Charu's brother, right? And so she she kind of feels, I guess, responsible. Yeah. Um, even though she wasn't the one who invited him. Right. But it, you know, it's still it's it's awkward. You know. When he he says a lot about betrayal. Yeah. Bubuti says a lot about betrayal, but of course he says this to Amol. And Omel is just like, mm, betrayal, mm, what's that? Bad. Because yeah. <laughs> he recognizes that even though nothing physical has happened, there has been this emotional infidelity. A, a, a meeting of, of the mind. And he feels guilty about it. Which is kind of platonic, right? It is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he decides he's also going to leave. Yes. Um, but he doesn't to, steal anything. To avoid, to avoid further betrayal. Yes. And so Charu is distraught by this. Then she and Bhupati go away, um, and it seems as if things have reached, you know, a positive resolution with the departure of of Amal, and things can get back to normal. Except then, sometime later, a letter comes from Amal from far away, and uh, Bhupati hands it to her, and she kind of has a breakdown over this letter, and Bhupati sees her have this breakdown and clearly realizes that she is much more deeply affected. Something he just hadn't understood before. And so he basically just leaves. He just, I mean, he just to clear his head, he just kind of, he doesn't confront her, he just walks away, goes in a cab or something. And she feels extraordinary guilt. And this all happens very rapidly. Yeah. And then they, you know, she waits by the door, he comes back, and there are these kind of looks of knowing between them right like he he now knows that she knows that he knows what has happened that is supremely platonic yeah and the 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 most positive thing that happens now is that he reaches out his hand and she touches it and no but that's see that's the thing she doesn't well because this is the iconic use of the freeze frame because they are they're reaching towards each other but but the 
But it's unclear. The camera freezes. Yes. Um, and again, you can't see my hands. But, <laughs> um, but they don't actually... Uh, the, the camera freezes before they touch each other, which is, you know... So, yeah. I again, mean, I, you know. it is left uncertain what happens at this point. Well, presumably they, they do then hold... I mean, presumably she doesn't go... Yeah. Psych. Well, I mean, because she, we- she goes to the door to receive him. So I, I yeah. think it's meant to seem like, you know... Uh, there will be a kind of rapprochement. But yeah, but it does cast... It is stilted, right? It is yeah, not smooth. It is not smooth. And and it does suggest that that it's not going to be a real... Right? That there is a, a gap between them that, that can't be breached. Yes. Um, if we uh, if we do uh, a, a, a pick-up episode on Charlotte, then there's some biographical that I might... I'm, I'm, I'm just teasing just here. Just teasing, yeah. But uh, there's some biographical speculation about it. This should be mentioned. Um, but it's a very... Oh, and the freeze frame also picks up, right, um, the the servant, who is the basically the, the unfortunate object of... Uh, of her ire, of Charu's ire, right? Every time she's kind of frustrated or angry or embarrassed or guilty, she kind of misdirects her frustration at this poor guy who's constantly getting asked to, like, shuffle tea from one room to another. Um, And it's perfectly, you know, innocuous, but, um, yeah. Uh, which I feel is very true to life, right? That, yeah. you know, in these class differences, uh, there's a, there is an abusive element. As, as sympathetic as we are to her, right? This, this, this poor older guy does get a rough run. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a kind of, it's a pregnant moment at the end. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great movie because it's happy, right? Like, even, even though there's like, emotional turmoil like it, it is fundamentally a, a a happy movie but the con the scenes that you see do not involve people being unhappy the way that a lot of the earlier movies did. well and you know i mean yes you know the brother-in-law does make out with the safe but fundamentally right it's a rich family that remains wealthy and nothing- well in some ways it sparks potentially a better newspaper yeah. right because okay so the sentinel goes under but as the film has made clear the sentinel is a peculiarly one-dimensional newspaper yeah. um yeah so you know they you know nothing bad happens then no um which is a, a refreshing change right um and it's a very right glamorous movie right we, we talked a, a little bit about how it's kind of more hollywoody they're singing. They're singing. I have been racking my brains trying to to think who would play Charlotte in a a new if they were to to redo in, the, in a Hollywood in version. a Hollywood mm-hmm. version. Obviously, Alma will be a Hemsworth. Is it he's a, the, the, a he? Yeah, let's do he. Even though there are two of there are three of, three them. of them. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to the Hemsworth. Let's um, go with Liam. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But wasn't that my claim, right? That Liam should make a play for the art house audience to, uh, you yes. know, do a, a, yes. an end run around. But I couldn't really think of, of who would be a good... A good Charlotte. Though. Yeah, because she has, like, a Grace Kelly sort of vibe. And I thought about Zoe Deschanel, but she's not... I don't really see... So, I mean, that it is a very hipster movie. It is incredibly It's all about, like, movie. art and, you know, love triangles. And, and, and craftsmanship. Yeah. There's embroidery things. that she, goes on. She embroiders on. things and yeah. she makes a notebook. There's card and, playing and yeah, fluting. And, oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's... So, yes. On the other hand, 
you know, she's also a, she a has, good she domestic has, wife, yeah. right? She Tara has a, as well. a, a gravitas to her. Yeah. yeah. For which you might need someone a bit, who has a bit more presence. Yeah. And I, I just can't, I just can't think of who that might be. Who that might be. Um, so if, if anyone has any suggestions, uh, please let us know. Yeah. I, it, you know, last time it was so easy. It was like, obviously, Melissa McCarthy. But, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe Sandy Nishin, who's recently, uh, changed the, Spelling and possibly pronunciation of yeah. her name to reflect the, her original. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Something to think about. Maybe our listeners have inspirational ideas which they can send to, to uh, calcuttaourhouse at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, or, or on Twitter at the Arhouse Pod. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I will continue. So casting suggestions, gratefully received. And also any questions. Any questions, biscuit suggestions, really just like any sign of life. Like we know you're out there, but you know, it'd be nice to know that. We, we want to, we want, we want to fail to answer your questions. Yes. Live on mic. And yes. also, you know, we kind of want to know if you're listening to this podcast because of our acerbic wit or if you're just playing into your friends to like, you know, Listen to those losers. <laughs> um, yeah. That'd be so, a lot of effort to put in. Like a really elaborate to listen. Yeah, because, yeah. The, yeah. No, that's fair enough. I mean, not that we need a sign of life to keep going. Like we can... We, oh, I did want to say this. Hmm. So when Amal has his... Is it a poem or an essay or whatever? An essay. An essay yeah. published, right? And she gets all competitive. I did want to say that this is very true of of couples right oh that kind of that competitive urge yeah Yeah. um because i guess when you are a couple you spend a lot of time with each other and so you're immediately like well i mean especially if you're interested in the same thing right i mean they are both writers yeah so So as as two academics we are we we know the feeling we're very familiar with Fortunately, there's no, uh, there's Meaningful no triangle. Difference. <laughs> no, I was going to say there's no triangle in our case. Yeah, I mean, uh, there? there's the Hemsworth, I suppose, but, you know, I mean, it's very far away. Not, not well, now there's uh, Alexander Lemtov. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but he is a fictitious character, so I, you know, I'm not hugely yeah, threatened. I'm not really by. that into the, the Hemsworth. No. I mean, there's. I'm just saying, there's no, there's no. Tri- it's it, that that element, yes. that free size is removed. Well, there's there's Theo. There is Theo. Yeah. Yes. yes. Who is? That is the condition of all 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 families with sons. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I believe Freud has written on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> or has he? Um, on that note, I think maybe we should wrap up. Oh, that's a great we, note to end on. Before we reveal more embarrassing family secrets. Okay, but literally. It's not like the Oedipus story. That is not the embarrassing secret. Apart from anything, Theo is not even two. So, uh, so. Well, I say you know, you're saying reveal embarrassing secrets, and since I had referred to Freud's oh, theory, I was yes. just like, no, you know, there's embarrassing, bit. and then there's the actual although, story although the of other Oedipus, day, right? which I feel goes beyond embarrassment. It's other... not like at the end he's just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Although the other day, when you had to put him down for his nap. And he screamed for 45 minutes. Right. And then when he woke up an hour later, he get, if looks could kill, yeah. you would be no, bleeding He on was the just floor. like, I'm coming for you, Laius. It was just the look that he gave me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just has the most derisive, like, turn of head. He just looks at you straight in the eye and then, like, whips his head to the other side. 
Yeah. Incredibly no, no. decisively. He signifies his it's, emotional attitude it to is, you. It is the cut direct. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, on, on that note, uh, we should, we should stop because we have to do some dishes before we, we pick up, um, the aforementioned children. The aforementioned children. Uh, so, uh, yeah. We will see you next time for a musical. <laughs> a musical. But a really silly musical. So we're watching one As opposed to all the serious. No, no, this is an absurdist oh, comedy. God. Uh, yeah, with two very bad musicians, uh, and it's it's very fantastical. So that is what we will be watching for next time. I'm a bit nervous about showing this to my students because even though it's a classic, a classic, it is and very popular actually in in India, very popular in, in Bengal. But uh, I I don't know how well I mean I haven't seen it for years. I don't know how well the humor will ca- carry over. Uh, possibly not at all. Well, I hope it carries over well because this is the last point of light in the semester, right? After oh, things that, get dark after, after that. After that, it's all yeah, yeah, darkness yeah, yeah. and despair. Yeah, after that. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this. This was a light period. No one died. The no, this is the like, second movie. This three, where this, it's died. a sequence of three where we can all breathe a sigh of relief. It's like it's the intake of breath as you go from one like pretty you know rough exercise to another. It is the New so. Year's Eve between twenty twenty and twenty twenty. Exactly, that's exactly what this okay. period is. Yeah. And then then we get to the the hangover. Then we get yes. All right. Well, on that note, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, do <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye!